0: Aloha, Nui Kako, e kapo e alohe ia Kaleo Kauluao, Wahia ka hiko u amoa ka maia he keiki mama kahina. U aʻale ia keia mau ololelo ana alai e Maui.
1: The ololelo noʻiiao or poetic saying that Leiji shared comes from the moʻolelo of Maui in his pursuit to learn the secret of fire making from the alai, the mud hens. The alai say, "Let's finish this before we're caught." But alas, Maui is able to trick the alai and extract the secret they had so closely guarded. Today we'll consider some of the magical manu, or birds, associated with Maui's mother Hina. Na mai. Welcome to Kaleo Kauluao. Our current season of Kaleo Kauluao highlights our deep connections with our avian cousins, the native birds of Hawaii. All season long, members of a group called Ahui Manu will be joining us to share about this connection between Kanaka and Manu.
0: Ahui Manu is a group of people dedicated to our collective recollection and reaffirmation of our ancient and contemporary bonds with the Manu people, the native birds of Hawaii nei.
1: With each episode, our mea Kipa will lift up the names, characteristics, and places that are associated with particular native bird species, including their appearance in an oli that's composed to celebrate each one and their relationship with other life forms, mauka and makai. Many of the birds are grouped together by their superpowers or by a theme which each mea kippa will introduce to us.
0: Today we have the privilege of welcoming Kekuhi Keali'i Kanaka'ole Ole, Haililani and Luka Zavas to join us to share about the magic of Hina with special attention to some shorebirds including the Hunakai and other Manu friends with a connection to Hina. Drew, would you like to do the honors of introducing Luca, who is returning to visit us?
1: Hikino. Luca Zavas graduated from the University of Hawaii at Mānoa with her Bachelor's in Science and Master's in Environmental Management. A local of Ahuimanu on O'ahu, her journey from the dryland forests of Waimea Valley to the coastal wetlands of Keaubawa Maunalua taught her about the importance of stories between people and places and fostering reciprocal relationships that encourage communities to create space for cohabitation. Luca has worked as a Conservation Land Specialist An Aina Educator, finding her passion in helping communities connect and create their own stories with the place that they call home. She now works for the American Bird Conservancy as the outreach manager to assist the Birds Not Mosquitoes Partnership in fostering pilina with the Hawaiian honeycreepers and the conservation tools to be used to save them from extinction. Lei, please introduce Kekuhi to our listening audience. It's a pleasure to have her back again with us.
0: HIKI NŌ! Kekuhi Kelly i Kanakaole Oh Haililani is a cherished member of the Hawaii Island community. She is recognized for her contributions to the hula and chant community, both in Hawaii and beyond our shores, her training for decades in the tradition of Aihaa, and her role in Halao O Kekuhi. She is a Naho Ku Hanohano Award-winning recording artist. She worked at Hawaii Community College, where she served as director of the Iola Hāloa Hawaii Lifestyles program, as well as a Kumu and she has contributed to indigenous research and the expansion of awareness of oral and ritual arts and traditions conducted through the Edith Kanaka'ole Foundation. She has embraced the conservation community through the formation of Halao Ohia, transforming how conservationists, scientists, and cultural practitioners work in do research and is an instrumental in the group Ahui Manu, who we feature this season.
1: Mahalo Le. Let's go over to our guest now.
0: Good morning, Luca and Keikuhi. Aloha. Thank Aloha. you for joining us here at Kaleo Kauluao. We're happy to have you here.
1: Yeah, we're super excited. Mahalo Nui for joining us once again.
0: Yeah, thank you for inviting us back. Yeah,
1: mahalo for having us. It sounds like today you folks might be um, sharing a little bit about shorebirds of Hawaii. Is yes. that right?
2: Yep. Yeah, um, today we have two wonderful friends coming. Um, first, we're gonna do Hunakai, and then a little bit more tidbits about Kalea. I know you guys have already heard a lot about them, but I wanted to just add a little bit more Manao, especially since um, when we're recording, they just left, and we've been getting um, records that they have arrived in Alaska, what? and they are ready, <laughs> oh you know, to start making their own Ohana again.
1: Oh, that's fabulous! Hey, and maybe we should just mention the time frame right now when we're recording. So if people know.
2: Yeah. Um, so we just went through our full moons on in April. So, no, we're in May. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we're on May 7th. But, yeah, so they kind of, like, took off right as the moon was getting big, and they have made it over there.
0: Oh, so they follow the moon as well?
2: Um, I believe it helps them to be able to, like, fly over. I know um, most birds use kind of, like, magnetic lines that we can't see mm. to help them um, traverse across. Mm. Wow. They have superpowers for Super- real. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. oh, right yeah. on.
2: So on. Uh, so first I'll start with the Hunakai and I kind of wanted to go through this process of how we um, are building our um, pauku for our Mele. Um. And so first we kind of identify who Hunakai is and then get to know all about them. So Hunakai, also known as the sanderling or a satpiper, is um, a really cute, tiny, little short bird. Um, they are, they come in winter here, so they're one of our wintering birds, just like Kolea, Ulili, Keoea, so they're not here all year-round. Um, the Hunakai get here around October time. Their keiki do fly in a little bit later, and then they leave around June. Hmm. Um, you might see them right on the shoreline. They like kind of run up and down the shore. And um, if you've seen the new short, Disney shortcut Piper, they are that bird that's in there. <laughs> oh <my
0: God.
2: laughs> so when they get here, they are dressed in their beautiful white outfit. And so they are really bright white um, head and belly area and kind of have like a grayish tinge on their back, Mm. Um, short black beak and short um, black legs. And then, yeah.
1: And do they live on all kinds of coastlines or is it typically a a sandy beach kind of environment?
2: Yeah, so it's mainly sandy beach area, but they are known to kind of be on... um, some intertidal zones um, or river mouths and rocky shores. Um, some of our other birds here in Hawaii do like like sewage plants sometimes because there's a lot of food there. but um, they're hardly seen there. They're more of liking the you know natural food that comes out of the seashore.
0: You mentioned that when they come, they have a certain appearance. When they leave, do they look different? Yeah,
2: so um, I think you guys might be more familiar with the kolea that puts on his beautiful tux when they're ready to fly back. The um, hunakai instead of kind of puts like a cinnamon-color robe on top, so they get like speckly um, black and like a brown-tan color right where that gray was before, and then that's how you know they're ready to go. That's like their breeding plumage to show the other birds like, I'm fit. You want to have me as your head. <laughs>
3: That's great. Aww. So what kind of feet do they have?
2: Um, they look kind of like chicken feet to me, um, but the three toes in the front and then like the one toe in behind.
3: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because when we're down at the shore, I mean, identifying one or the other is, it, you know, I, I can do that. But... It's, it's, it's the color of the, of, of the legs that, that every, re- and the beak that I
1: really look at. Yeah. And that's cool. Yes. Yeah, so okay. Black, legs, black beak.
2: And black legs. Got it.
1: Yep. Do you happen to know why they carry that name, Hunakai? Is there a story behind that?
2: Yeah. So, um, Huna means little and Kai means like, you know, the ocean and stuff. So if you watch them go up and down and up and down the shore as the waves are coming in and out, they kind of look like an extension of that sea foam Mm -hmm. as it is coming through. So that's kind of where I'm, you know, it's not written down or anything anywhere, but that's kind of what I'm thinking and what I've been able to understand, what people understand just by kind of breaking apart their name. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I concur. (laughs) Concur. And you, you, at the very beginning, um, Luca, when you started sharing about, um, these Manu, you, sh- you mentioned this Mele. And I know in, in previous episodes, um, folks from Ahui Manu have shared about the Mele and about um, their particular palku their, their verses. Um, but do you mind just sharing a little bit about the idea behind this Mele that you're speaking of?
2: Yeah, so the idea behind this Mele is to... So a lot of our oh, a lot of our birds here in Hawaii are unfortunately like declining or like right on the edge of going extinct. There are some that are starting to like come back just because people are noticing them and trying to create space for them like the um water birds like the alaeula and the io and stuff. Um so this um mela that we've all created together is kind of trying to Take these birds, these manu who are very important to us and match them to kia'i both in the ocean and on the land to be kind of like guides to help bring them back into abundance. And then also like some of these birds we don't see all the time. So like when you're out and you see like for the alai ula, if you see like the aki aki, I'm like, oh, that reminds me of the alai. So I can have that like um, connection again Mm -hmm. and then just keeping them um, kind of like as a prayer and our hope that they stay with us and they come to abundance and, you know, be plentiful again how they used to be.
1: Mahana. That's, That's beautiful.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, like I was saying, we were going kind of like, how are we building it? And so kind of like going through Um, the Hunakai and getting to know their background and stuff. So where they live, how they get here, what their behaviors are like, what they eat. So like in summer, they eat insects. And in the winter when they're here, they eat a lot of like crabs and isopods and insects and worms and mollusks, things that just like live in that intertidal zone.
1: Wait, what are isopods?
2: Um, They are like tiny little bugs.
3: They look like potato bugs, but (laughs) in the water. Like no. on the sand and in the water.
0: You know potato bugs?
3: No, I don't like know. they
0: roly- that like roly polies.
2: Yeah, roly polies. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: roly <laughs> polies
2: <laughs> I'm not an insect person.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I think.
2: Yeah. No, no, no. Um, Yeah, and then I'm kind of trying to then identify... A sea person and a plant person. And so I haven't still identified the sea person yet, probably one of those like isopods that they do and like live within the crabs. Yes. But um, I did find that Hunakai is also a name for um, a relative of Pohuehue and Pa'uohiaka and Kaona'oa and Uala and Kualiawa. And um, it's just the name of this like tiny white-flowered beach morning glory. I personally have not seen it. The ah. ones that I'm familiar with is pohuehue.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I've spotted it here and there, but I cannot say, but your description of the hunakai is, is sort of familiar to me. Yeah. Let's go ask Yeah, who out there knows where the hunakai
0: are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And those are all images of plants that you know, creep and crawl and spread out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So
2: kind of like the same, and like you know, living in the same place that the Hunakai do too. Mm-hmm. And so that would be the the plant that I call forth to be the plant pairing to Hunakai, and then trying to now kind of dive deep into their um, counterpart, who would be their plant, per- not plant person, but their sea person. And then we just fit that in and then we'll be able to add it to our growing list. I think the last time I counted was close to 25, Pao Wow.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I wonder if we want to play a game here. If we're, um, do we have time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. So um, for folks listening out there, I think this is a wonderful opportunity to um, sort of play along Um we go through this process in Ahui Manu, and so we all come together and bring the bird people together, and, and then we choose each of our verses just because we have uh, like an individual sort of pull to that Manu, and then we go off on our own. And then the next time we meet, we're like, okay, what does this look, how does this look to you? Do you think this plant person and this Manu sort of pair up really well? And then we'll talk about um, how, what the image was when we paired that, you know, plant person to that bird. Uh, Can you think of one pairing just?
2: Yeah, uh, so for the io, I chose Kukulu io and um, because it kind of was like a play on ohe. So like the bamboo and the long legs that match with the IO and their mm. long legs.
3: Yeah, that, that's great. That's a super good example. Um, so we, other than trying to pair the, the sound of the name, there's other ways to try and pair them. And that's um, just the way they look. So legs look like, oh, hey, okay, let's mm-hmm. think of some plants, some plant people. And the, and the idea is that we choose plant people, and, and they don't have to be endemic. This is a matter of really pairing um, the bird folks with the ocean people and the plant people that can really give them good, good sturdy support. So, um, so pairing... Like we wouldn't pick something that that's rare and really struggling. Mm-hmm. We would pair that entity with with if something somebody if someone was rare and struggling, we would pair them with someone who has a really good grip on you know a, um, um, growth and persistence and that sort of thing. so. We just want to invite folks who are listening to this particular series to think about, oh, um, okay, she's talking about Hunakai, and they sort of look like this, and they come in on this at this time of the year, and um their name means like particles of the ocean, and Huna Huna could be the the sand particles, but it's also sort of a um you know kind of a, a a manifestation of the ohu too. There's some ehu ehu in the ohu. The ohu is the sea spray. So, um, and it, I mean, it could be in the sea foam itself. So you might want to think of the texture and the color and the and the, uh, just the appearance of the sea foam. And then we may pair birds and plant people and birds and fish people or birds and limu mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to, um, we might also pair them with um, something that smells like, mm-hmm. like the, um, we did one with Aveo veil, veil Yeah. Who's the Aveo pair?
2: It's the Aveo veil, veil plant. And yeah. then when you crush the leaves, it smells like
3: fish. <laughs> like Aveo Veo fish. Yeah. Did, we, did we pair those with a particular manu? Do you remember?
2: Um, I believe it was... A kepa because of the coloring, too.
1: Yeah. Mm. We'd have to go look. i have to go to And I remember um, some folks sharing that wa'u had a very strong fishy smell, too. Oh, you know, maybe
0: it was, was the wa'u. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or oh, was it the kukai? That's how they could find them?
1: Yeah, maybe. I think... But was it the kukai or the birds themselves? Huh. Both, yeah.
3: maybe? Okay, then that's... <laughs> it's, something, it's
1: something that we never even
3: realized before. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's everybody's puzzle. Uh-huh. And a part of um, um, not choreographing, composing this melee now in 2023 is, oh, we began in 2021, I believe. But a part of composing the melee is really becoming aware of who our plant people are, um, both in the ocean and on the land, who's doing super, super well, who needs a little bit more hump, you know, to get them over the next hump. And, and like Lucas said, what's more important is if I sort of think of this plant person at the same time that I think of this Manu person, then... Um, that that image has a powerful pulse to it, and I won't forget. And did you find it? It is. it's a kappa? Yeah. Winner. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> yeah. So we invite you to um, now think of the Hunakai. And who would you folks pair that with?
0: Yeah. So them Go. them Go.
1: go, look go.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Mahalo for that invitation.
2: Okay. Okay. So yeah, the Hunukai, if you're here, you can see them. They are on all the main Hawaiian islands. Um, okay. There are hot spots, though. So on um, Kauai, it's kind of like Waimea area. On Oahu, it's kind of like the North Shore. So like Haleiwa going up towards... Um, I'm going backwards. Laie to the Haleiwa area. Okay. And um, there are Molokai. Um, I couldn't get it small enough. It kind of just took over the main, like... Middle divot on Molokai, okay, and then on Maui it's between Kahului and Lahaina area, and then on Hawaii Island it was Kailua-Kona area. Mm. But there are sightings along the edges. Mm. They're really shy, so they kind of like like beaches that are a little bit more secluded, mm. not a lot of people, traffic, and stuff like that. Mm. And you know what's really cool is that I went all the way to the east coast for a work trip. And I was like looking at all the wonderful birds that they got over there. And then I saw something like running in the seafoam. I was like, oh, what? <laughs> and it was Hunakai all the way over there. Oh, my gosh. So it's just wonderful to know that, you know, they are doing okay um, because they're doing okay. There's not a lot of studies on them. So we're not entirely sure like how stable they are. But you know, we can't we have to protect the commons too, not just our really rare and endangered. <laughs> um, but just like I was saying before, the hunakai are also our migratory birds, and we just kind of said aloha to Kolea here on um, in Hawaii, and they made it all the way to Alaska. And kind of the things that I was saying before, you know, they kind of like timed it when the moons were there, and so a lot of um. The next kind of thing that we wanted to talk about were some of the birds that kind of connected to the moons mm. and to Hina, and kind of the magics wow. that are around
3: that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, or me.
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah no, I, 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 I'm gonna encourage us all to contribute here. Um, I think, I think what we don't realize, and then what we just all of us uh, when we began this conversation we all we all were kind of um eyeing about Hina's relationship i mean that's our question are is, is the the growing the ongoing of the of tutuhina like is is that a thing mm-hmm. do the birds um do all the migratory Manu people, or maybe even the forest people. Do you know about that? The forest people depend on the Ho'onui and the Ho'emi of um, the moon?
2: I don't know about the honey keepers. I would say probably like Pueo and. That's right. Well, oh, yeah, Kalehiyana
3: yeah. did say that.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And then um, I know that Palila is connected to Hina. Um, Palila was also a person, not just a Manu. Um, And kind of like the story of Palila from Kauai, then to Oahu. And then he skipped over Maui and then came to Hawaii Island. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really interesting because, you know, a lot of Manu kind of are missing from Maui. The ones that like comment on other ones too. So something happened where they kind of like went from Kauai, Oahu, hopped, and then came to Hawaii Island. Hmm. Um, But yeah, um, Hina gave birth to Palila. Uh, the person, and um, that was the connection there. Um, Our friend Lisa is way more like depth in um, connection with Palila and things, Mm -hmm. but she did ask to like mention him and the Manu when we came and talked about him.
3: That's cool. I think, um, who's the other Manu person um, um, connected with um, the Hina? It has to do with
2: so there's the alai ula. That's the
3: person and alai
2: Kea. So
3: yeah, how is the alai kia? So everybody, I think a lot of Hawaii people know the connection between alai ula and hina. How many of us out there know that? Raise your hand, me? <laughs> Maybe not. Um, and it just so happens to be every island has their particular story yeah. of 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 that. Um, and so we have our own story here. Who Does anybody know that story?
2: Not here. I know the one on Oahu.
3: Yeah. Anybody want to tell that story? No? Maybe another episode?
2: <laughs> um, if it's uh, um, with the getting of fire, I think I did mention that in my yes. previous episode of um, Alayhuapi. Yes.
3: Alaihua P.
2: Was hiding the um, fire from Maui. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another way of her name was Elehua P, too. But like the P of being stingy and stuff like that, playing on that word. But, you know, after um, outsmarting her, <laughs> he was able to grab her and kind of like threaten her to her life and <laughs> got, you know, the fire and stuff like that. And the connection between like the Alai Ula and the Alai Kea that I get from there is like, you know, there's that moment that they say then, then Maui grabbed the fire and then burned her forehead. And then from there, you know, she got that red burn. And I was like... Okay, so she didn't look like that before Mm -hmm. the red came after. And I was like, oh, the alai, you know, because when I was doing my research, like there wasn't alai ula, alai kea, it was just alai. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, if you look at the alai kea, sometimes they have beautiful white, but sometimes there's like a red mark on their shields. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh, maybe that's it. You know, maybe the alai kea got smudged and then turned into the alai ula with a nice red shield
1: cool yeah, it's like the
3: evolved
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: and i think for people in hilo the alai ula story that you just shared it is really um is a powerful moolelo for us because it actually for hilo people it took place just nearby to where we are right now uh-huh. yeah, on one of the pu that's just above where um the university of hoi at hilo is oh
2: that's awesome pu'u
1: pe'a, right yes pe'a. Oh. Yeah, so. yeah, so yeah, we have that nice connection with Hina and Maui and Alai'ula here as well.
2: Yeah, it's, I love that, you know, that, that that Mo'olelo is like on every island because ours happened on Waimea, on O'ahu. And then I heard there's one on Molokai, and it's just like, you know, and, you know, on Maui too. <laughs> but yeah, you know, mm-hmm. just a little different, but, you know, the main stories are all there. And, you know, they're not very seen often now. Cause they're kind of hidden, they're not, they're doing better, but you know, just, they were so abundant before that they could be a part of um, mo'olelos and things. Mm. And then, um, another one that I went through and while everybody's here, I just wanted to ask, um, I had read a new Peppa article, um, where it was a part of a series chronicling King Kamehameha's death. And then it states that the Alai was a body form of the goddess Kapo, and that King Kamehameha had created two houses for the gods Pua and Kapo. And the prayers were offered to them, but they did not stay the sickness affecting the king.
3: Mm. Mm. Why, everybody looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> huh. Okay, 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 okay. So if we had five hours, we, we could think through that. I think that's a really good... Crazy connection. Why do we think that Kapoor is manifest through the ally? Do you have an idea?
2: I do, oh, and these perfect. are just ideas, though.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and um, I mean, isn't isn't that what if if what we're doing here in this podcast, or any other informational and educational space, is all about the exchange of ideas. So we're not saying that this is truth, um, or whatever you think truth is out out there or in here. Um, But a part of storytelling is a part of finding truth from many different angles. Mm -hmm. And then we have the experience. So, okay, so, let's share ideas about that.
2: Okay, so that one ties to the um, ka'au I shared last time of Puama, Ma, where, um, let's see, Kaya Kea, he was instructed um, by um, the god Pua and the chieftains Ka'ula Imaunaloa to create a house. And then from there, he was be able to get become the caretaker of the alai and the practice of ho'o um, was it Pio Pio? Oh, ano Ano, yes. The like sorcery or the speaking sorcery mm, along yeah. with that. And so I was just like, oh, you know. And then kind of digging deeper, I learned mm. like, oh, maybe Hina and Kapo are kind of related in some Totally. How? And you know, like Hina is that front side or the bright side of the moon, and yes. Kapo is like that dark side, the potential side of the moon. Yes. And so like that's how I was connecting it of like that magic of like the allies, that embodiment of that magic of being able to use your voice and your your self mm-hmm. and what you speak then tying it into the moon and the powers that the moon have over like our waters, not just the waters mm-hmm. of the ocean, but the waters but with within terms. us too. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. And I think the, the powerful space, thank you Luca, that was yeah. great. I, and 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 I hope people that who are listening to the to the the podcast are going, what, <laughs> oh my God. and 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 start thinking about that because where kapole sits in um in and I think, um, listeners are still trying to suss through who that entity is. Well, that entity is the space in which. In which the um, f- to the human eye and sensory um, is that space before you've actually um, encumbered it, or before you've actually so before we put the microphone there on that table, kapo is there is the idea before we we put vegetation on the kuahu. Kapo holds that space, sits in that space. Kapo is also, um, dark. So just when it's dark all the time, every day in some 24 hour period somewhere, um, Kapo is there. So it's not, Kapo is not like this crazy, sorcery, witchy pool kind of person with big sharp teeth and like bulgy red eyes and like crazy hair or no hair at all. It has nothing to do, what we should, what we're thinking about here is the actual element. It's, it's the elemental phenomenon itself. So that's a great observation if we're looking at, or even the idea of the mahina or tutuhina mm-hmm. or hina the quote-unquote, it, it's the feminine. It, it's not a woman. It, it, hina is about the feminine. So I think it's a, and the, the fact that that illumination sits in or floats in that the sea of Kapo is mm-hmm. like that's their primary relationship. So yeah, thank you for that. And so now all we do, gang, is that we figure out okay, what's the relationship between Alai Ula and Alai Kia, or just Alai? And we we sort of just um, we 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 discover. We explore and we discover, and that's you go and make like Luca. She looks into the newspaper no articles, go and you know, and 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 look in the dictionary. It's a great place to check out things, um, and then you sort of get together with the group of people. Um, it, on topic. So right now we're talking about the Manu people, which sort of leads us down this path of okay, what is their primary elemental connection? And how can we for <clears throat> for um for for wellness, how can we include that really strong elemental connection with the bird people? Mm-hmm. And and that's what we're talking about. That's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. And and
0: allowing yourself to to take away your own boundaries in ways of thinking and ways of seeing things and making connections. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just want
2: to also add like, I'm really appreciative of like the welcoming community and things because I, you know, I was not born here. I came here with my family when I was three years old, you know, but was raised here. And then I don't olelo very well, but you know, I was got a lot of support to be like, no, look through the new paper dictionary. Try it out yourself. We have friends who can then go back through and like double check what you got. But like that whole, you know, not to be afraid of that process and that like uneasiness and easing yourself in that, you know, anybody can do it. These are resources for all of us to do mm-hmm. to build our relationships to our home.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, you know. And um, and the health of the birds matter so much that you take the risk, open up the books, and the news, new people have the courage to ask people, even if you're unsure about where that next connection is going to go. Some people would just say, don't talk about those kind of things, and you will, just cry a little bit and then carry on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Can you just tell us a little bit more about the um, Kolea before we leave that? Did we leave the Kolea? We left them in Alaska already? No. They are,
2: um, uh, so they're there now, but they do come back. So um, about August time is when they start to come back. Their keiki come back on their own around October-ish. Um, But what's really cool is that the Pacific Golden Plover um, actually, you know, encompasses the Pacific, sorry, the Pacific Ocean and things. But there are kind of two groups or two hui's that go out. So there's one that kind of goes from um, Alaska, Siberia area to Japan, and then goes down to like the islands kind of like underneath Hawaii. Uh. And then there's another group or hui that goes from Alaska, Siberia, straight to Hawaii, Stays here and then flies back again, and so yeah,
0: that was something I didn't know.
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh!
1: Yeah. Same here. The, yeah. That Japan connection and the and the connection to the islands to our south, right? In other parts of Polynesia,
0: yeah,
2: that's amazing. Yeah, I was we were just like, why why take the long route? Because <laughs> <laughs> they only like land in Japan for a couple of days, you know, to get re, like rejuvenated. Because it's a, such a far trek. I was like. Your other friends went to Hawaii and then,
0: you know, back. You can do the same and continue down. I wonder which one of their ancestors decided to go, you know, holo holo that way, and and what drew them that way, or maybe it was maybe it has a tie to the moon. Mm-hmm. Oh
2: yeah,
3: tied to the moon, and and then the currents, huh? A
2: freak storm, you know, just all yeah, of these just kinds of like elemental. Yeah.
0: Because at some point their compass was set because my understanding is that they returned to the same spot every year. Yes. So somehow they got, they took that scenic route or maybe not scenic route for them. And then they build their connection with whatever place they landed. Yeah. So they continued to keep going back that way. Mm -hmm. Or was it Hawaii first and there? So we don't, I don't know. (laughs) I'm not a specialist, but that's something to consider.
1: It is definitely one of the superpowers that, you know, you folks have been talking about um, during the course of our our season together. And um, yeah, I just I mean, I feel like as us human beings, we should find ways to celebrate. I mean, we do already, but even more, right, elevate these amazing Manu who do these things that I wish I wish we could do things like they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for I mean, so just thinking about the Kolea and the Alai, both kinds and also um the um, Hunakai. Hunakai. when are there? Do you folks have any particular things that we could do to, you know, continue to honor and celebrate their amazing abilities and just them, themselves as, as, as other people who share Honua with us?
2: Yeah, so we are actually gearing back up again to start our AH series for our Manu. Um, We started to pick out moons and um, last time we were always on the Kua moon, but this time we're going to call out three different kind of moon groups to talk about, you know, um, the full moons and the connection to them and then our Kaloa moons for like their growth. And then, um, no, and then the La'als for like the rejuvenation and things like that, just to try to hit those three main points that we're mm-hmm. trying to care for them. And then also is like, these are shorebirds, and so they do take a lot of like watered spaces and things. And so like the effects of like climate change is really impacting them. And... Um, You know, they are trying to be as adaptive as they can, but every time they come back, if they're missing their home or if the beach has been turned into something else or like, you know, spraying herbicides and pesticides on places that they might eat can really affect their health. And we only see them for like a short period of time of their life. So, you know, like what is happening on the spaces where they call home, like when they're breeding their keiki and things like that. So just kind of being cognizant that like our actions don't just affect us, but like really affect their well-being. And without them, we wouldn't have been able to live here because their poop came and got put all mm-hmm. over the islands and exactly. help spread seeds and, you know, put nutrients onto the lands that then, you know, are now feeding us stuff. So those are my thoughts.
3: Yeah, that's great. So yeah, we invite everyone to um, kind of look out for our announcements that come out for the AHA, like Luca said, and we call it the AHA Hoa Manu and it's a little bold. <laughs> when we say aha ho akoa it means to make as if they were divinity and that's really the kind of mana that we want to that we want to pulse out that we want to generate for the lahui um, manu we owe them our existence it's not about just people who migrated here and brought us here it's about the capacity to actually live here because like lucas said they brought seed they dropped poop we think that's not such a big deal but in fact wait a couple you know a few more decades until they're and and compare places where they still exist and places where they don't exist and you'll see multi generational like health issues occurring because because the the because the the, the vitamins, the minerals, the whatever, the, the the trace elements that they bring are not in our food chain anymore. So um, look out for the the availability of fish in those particular places that you used to fish, and are are the ea and are the corals still vibrant in those areas? And a lot of that has to do with whether or not whether or not the migrating and or the shorebirds are interacting in those spaces. So, um, um. It, it does affect you, whether you work in construction or you work in um, Hawaiian language or you work in psychology and maybe you never go down to the beach. But the health and well-being of the bird people affect you, whether you know it or not. So, um Come join us if you want to. If if not, if if you're if you're not gonna come and join us, then at least grab. Pat Hart has a great Manu Minute series. Listen to that. You have a minute. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
3: yeah. Grab that. Um, so the Aha'ho'a'ku Manu um, series of ceremonies, um, we do them as a hybrid. Um, which means some of us go out to the places, and some of us are in our homes um, when we have the ceremonies, and um, and we teach along the way. We teach short chants that people can can um, participate in, um, and what make. What makes these series of ceremonies super fun is that uh, we get really silly and we try and make the sounds of those birds. And then we also have um, bird people like Luca and Pat and Brett and Noah and Clay and Lisa and all of our Ahuimanu friends come and Tell us, um, share with us the superpowers of each of our Manu people, and then we, and then we, we chant them into into health. And as we chant them into health, we chant us into health, mm-hmm. and that's the whole, you know, push for them.
2: Um, I brought up our schedule, and so oh. our first one is going to be May thirty first. So this is the first set. It's going to be four moons. May 31st through June 3rd. Um, This set is going to be in the evening. I saw that somewhere like 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm
0: like, okay, we got this. Okay, we got this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the May 31st is around 410 when the Hua first comes up, and that is our egg. So that Mm. first burst of potentiality into the Akua moon to then Hoku and then Mahelani.
3: Ooh. (laughs) Beautiful.
0: We hope to see you guys there. Yeah, and Mahalo for sharing all of that information. I really want to bring out that part about making the manu sounds. Yes. Yeah. So um
2: I do not know how the hunakai sound because I actually've never heard them call. They're usually just kind of going up and down. Oh yeah. But I do know the Ulili. I know that's another one of our beautiful shorebirds. They are gray color, have bright yellow lace, but they kind of go ulili.
3: Just like their name. Oolil
2: They're a fun bird to to mimic. What about Kolia? Do you know how to um mimic Kolia? Oh, it's like a sharp like I feel like that's the sound that they make when they're like defending their oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. You heard this. Sorry. The, I know we're talking about sounds, but like the kolea and Hawaii are like the only ones that actually like live on rooftops.
1: Oh, uh, yeah.
2: UH has a lot yeah, on the rooftops. That's right. uh-huh. oh. yeah. So I miss And I mine. hear them at
1: night too, mm-hmm. or at least in the darkness, which makes them yeah. a little bit different from a lot of other monu yeah, you know, in yeah, Hawaii. Yeah. yeah, they're really, really high. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I can hear it in my mind. I'm like, I cannot mind. do that with my voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> it's not yeah. happening, but but maybe everyone driving along when you're listening to the podcast or whatever you're doing just do a little. <laughs> little, little,
0: little, little, little,
3: little <laughs> and who is that? That it sounds like it their name is like the sound.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Is that mm-hmm.
0: good? Mahalo Nui.
1: Yeah, yeah. mahalo yeah.
2: Nui. Mahalo Nui. We've enjoyed nui. our time
1: with you folks. Mahalo Pili Kia. <coughs> it's, <laughs> it's nice to have um, you come back again. And mahalo luka again. Mahalo for making the time to share your experience with these amazing manu with us and your knowledge and,
3: uh, and
1: everything. We really appreciate all of you. Mahalo oh, June. Mahalo. mahalo Nui. Mahalo. <laughs> mahalo Nui to our mea kipa. Kikuhi, Kiali'i, Haile Lani, and Lucas Zavas. I love the maolalo, full of magic that they both shared with us, the associations with Hina and Mahina, the moon.
0: I hope you enjoyed hearing about the various connections between Manu Hawaii and Hina as we have, and we also learned about our shorebird friend, Nahuna Kai.
1: That's for sure. It was amazing. Be sure to like and follow Kaleo Kauluao on the podcast platform that you listen to us on, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find us at our blog at hilo.hawaii.edu slash That's it for now. A hui hou.
0: Aloha.